The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr in producing today. He was all set to wear his University of Tennessee Chattanooga t-shirt, but said, you know what, we'll just put it back in the closet. What a week it's been. Uh, and uh, the uh, roller coaster, the emotions of football, Wisconsin, cancellation, COVID, replacement, and then no, says the Big Ten. We'll get into it plenty. We'll talk with Parker Gabriel. Uh, Husker fullback Joel Makovica going to be with us. And Brandon Vogel will kick things off. Hopefully he's either headed to the course or had a great round. We welcome in Hall of Fame coach Gary Barnett, Northwestern in Colorado. Coach, did you, you swing the clubs today or is that in, in a little bit? How are you? No, I I, I I swung them, but uh, I uh, it was a profitable day, but not a particularly skilled day. So, but that's the way it goes, and when you're me. <laughs> well, you said profitable, and that that's all right. I because of how this week has transpired, I, I just got a tea time locked in for for noon. I was planning on you know covering college football, but. I will have to, to make my own adjustment. Coach, what's, what's your uh, reaction to, to this week uh, when you, you look at Nebraska? And uh, first, let's start off with Wisconsin and, and the COVID situation. Well, it's, uh, you know, we all thought we were prepared for it. And then when it comes up, uh, we're not prepared. You know, emotionally, we're right. not. I mean, we're, we're, we feel really lucky to get football played. Uh, we hope that it, that it happens each week. We know that we're in a tight schedule, and then when it doesn't happen, you know it's it's hard to fight off being disappointed. But you know we had to know everybody knew going into it that this is the kind of thing that could happen, and uh, lo and behold, there it is right now. Yeah, disappointments the the, the key word this week and. You know, I'm I'm interested. Have you did you ever have to deal with a cancellation at all? I mean, obviously not a pandemic, but in your career, have you ever navigated something like this? No, I haven't. I mean, it just you know it didn't happen. It, yeah. I, I can't think how many games other than for weather um, has there been a cancellation. So, I mean, everybody's experienced the weather. Not everybody, but a lot of people have experienced weather cancellations and postponements and rescheduling. And sometimes, uh, you know, when it's a non-conference game in the South, you get cancellations. But but uh, as as far as I know, 
except in high school football, we had a we had a snow out on a Friday. It's the first game I ever coached in the state of Colorado. In September, we had a snow out on Friday and played it on Tuesday. But that's been about it. Coach, uh, your thoughts with Wisconsin? And we were talking to Coach Alvarez Tuesday, early Tuesday, and, and things, his mood, his tone, he was watching practice. Things were, were great. I mean, they still had had the news about Mertz and, and his second positive, but there wasn't much known about the, the backup. There certainly wasn't anything known about Paul Christ testing positive, and Wisconsin made the decision to to pull the plug, and their threshold uh, was below the, the Big Ten protocol. You've got the, the, the risk dials that are associated with it when it comes to right. the, the two different positivity levels, and it was an orange-red, not a, not a red-red. That's been the, you know, the buzzwords this week, and there's some speculation across the league that uh, there was motivation to avoid playing because, look, there's no head coach. Uh, your top two quarterbacks are out. Uh, that narrative, I, it's easy to chalk up and, and go there, but I, I don't believe that. You, you've coached against Barry for a lot of years. What do you think of when you hear that narrative that, all right, maybe Wisconsin was trying to, di- trying to duck Nebraska on Saturday? No, I don't believe that for a minute. You know, especially after coming off the game they had last week. They just want to play. Want to play. You know, they want to play, and they the protocols in the in the Big Ten are such that they can't. I mean, that's the bottom line. And protocols are more strict than they are in the other conferences. Uh, but they, you know, they were fortunate to be able to give them, be given the green light to play. Uh, you know, to do it, they had to agree to the protocols. They agree to the protocols, and when it happens, you just got to accept them. And, and uh, you know, pretty much, I think that's what's going on. But there's always the conspiracy theorist. But um, you know, that's going to happen whether we had COVID or we didn't have COVID. But the uh, no, I, you know, everybody wants to play. Nobody wants to miss a game. And uh, but you know, here we are, and it's we knew it could happen. We didn't think it happened to us, but here it is. Gary Barnett's with us. Few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, talking to the Hall of Fame football coach. Want to. Get your uh, reaction as well to uh, the the Big Ten. So Nebraska, once Wisconsin pulled the plug, made some maneuvers to try and and get a home game, and uh, that was in the works with uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, and then uh, with uh, with a chancellor's and president's call this morning, uh, really didn't even get to a vote. Kind of just got shot down. You had. Uh, a, a ruling in August where the Big Ten was not going to allow non-conference play, uh, or obviously there were there were no makeup weeks, no bye weeks put in to this this uh, this abrupt season. And uh, what are your what are your thoughts with uh, the Big Ten's ruling to say no to Nebraska trying to get a replacement game Saturday? I I guess the thing that jumps out first is welcome to the Big Ten. Um, you know, it's it's a powerful uh, in, uh, group of people. It's a powerful, I don't want to call it an institution, but it sort of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have their own set of rules. They run, they go their own way. Uh, and uh, when you join that conference, that's part of what you get yourself into, and you've just got to learn to accept it. 
Um, you know, I, my guess is if that were another conference, that game would have been allowed to be played. But you're in the Big Ten, and and uh, you know they see things differently and do things differently than everybody else, and they're very proud of that. And you're stuck with it is is pretty much what I'd say. It's uh, you know I completely would see Nebraska trying to get another game and understand it totally from the player standpoint, coach's standpoint, um, everybody else. But um, you know, you you are just you're stuck in a conference that sees things differently. How, could you put into to words? I mean, you lived it. You you were at Northwestern. How does, in your opinion, how does the Big Ten kind of see itself? Well, I think they see that they see themselves as separate from everybody else. Yet part of the part of the NCAA, but separate. Uh, they're going to run their ship the way they want to run it, uh, within the rules. Um, and, you know, to some extent, they just have always felt like the way they've gone is better than, than what other people do. And it's, you know, it's part of the deal. And sometimes you want to buy into that, and sometimes you don't want to buy into it. <laughs> With uh, the the... Topic. Is that politically correct enough? You're fine. No, you're. <laughs> okay. hey, no, you're absolutely fine. Because I mean, you've been in. You're in the Pac-12 now. You've been in the Big 12. You've lived life in in the Big 10. I mean, so you've got uh, a pretty worldly experience of of college football leagues. And I think there's a lot of eye rolling, coach, that goes back and forth. I think there's a lot of eye rolling from Nebraska and Nebraskans at the Big 10. And I think there's a lot of eye rolling by the Big Ten at Nebraska. Is that fair to say? I would say that's probably fair to say. Yeah, and I would also venture that if you were in the Big Twelve again, that game would get played. Yeah. So there's a lot of lot, lot of <laughs> a lot of missing going on. <laughs> there's there's some there's a lot of thought, man. Everyone's like, let's just go back to the Big Twelve, and that's that's the next part of this, Coach. Is how many hits can this Big Ten? Nebraska relationship keep taking it just doesn't seem really especially post Delaney that things have been smooth they haven't been smooth at all it's, it's just been tense I mean a uh, uh, good story by Dan Wetzel and I know he's not ne- Nebraska's favorite but long and short is I mean it's it's a it's a marriage that really isn't a good marriage right now I mean there's just divisiveness and frustration with one another but no one really can afford a divorce yeah, that's probably exactly right, and I'm sure there's a, a prenup that will uh, <laughs> uh, that will cost you a lot of money, I, you know. But same time, you, you know, there's times when some marriages need to dissolve before they have kids. So uh, right. you know, this could be one of those as well. So I, you know, I don't know. I you ask me how long it can keep going. I don't until they get a better offer or an offer they can afford. So. Uh, who knows? But it it is it's it's uh, very awkward and uncomfortable. I think at this point. Yeah. Well, when you watch some college football last Saturday, takeaways, if any, on Nebraska Ohio State. I know that's how you started your day. Yeah, I did, and, and I picked that game and, and uh, or recorded it, and I've been able to watch it again. You know, really, uh, at the end of the first half. Nebraska just went backwards. They mm-hmm. they went through a four or five minute period of time that that I think ended up taking the wind out of their sails and cost them that game. Um, 
they they played well enough in the first half to, to make that a closer game and to be in it until the end. But, um, you know, they just couldn't move the ball, made a bunch of mistakes there at the end of the first half. And I, you know, that carried over, I think, to the second half. But I, you know, I thought both quarterbacks played pretty well. You know, I, I you know, it was fun to watch, frankly, McCaffrey go back and look like his brother there in the first mm-hmm. run. Um, you know, I think they've got a nice combination working. Uh, you know, if you if you listen to the broadcast, I, I tended to sort of agree with Joel in that uh, you, you know Nebraska doesn't seem to have the big play receiver at this point. They may he may be there and he hasn't shown up yet or whatever, but that seems to be the difference. The other team had big play receivers like crazy. Those young players, those young receivers were. Oh, incredible. I thought the catch in the back of the end zone um, was one of the great catches I've ever seen. And to him, For him to get his feet down inside in an obvious, if you're watching TV, there was no question it was out of bounds. And then you went and you watched it and you went, oh, my gosh, how did he do that? Um, so you, you, And you put that with the play that the kid from Indiana made yeah. there to win the game. That two Unbelievable plays that I don't think I've seen. You played wide out at Missouri, didn't you? Yes. Did you ever have one of those toe taps like uh, like in Columbus? Did you ever make a catch like that? No. No. In practice. Uh, but, you know, you, you, didn't try, you didn't want to take any chances back in those days. You never go for a pylon. You know, you never okay. extended the ball. You never saw that kind of thing ever happen when I was playing, even when I was coaching. Um you know, back before you know the mid two thousands, uh, early two thousands, there weren't wasn't a lot of that. But kids have started, and coaches I'm sure have started encouraging. And once they start seeing it in the NFL, it starts happening. And so guys are making catches, doing things that they never did twenty years ago, fifteen years ago. Well, coach, next week is Northwestern week uh, with uh, Nebraska. Uh, we hope football happens. Want to get some rapid fire from you this weekend and uh we'll start off with uh northwestern iowa i think iowa's minus two and a half how about that northwestern offense last week well that that quarterback that they got from indiana Ramsey's good baller he has he has it man i mean i've been watching these guys for i don't know how many years 20 years now 25 years since i left or close to that this guy's the real deal, and he makes a difference in that football team. Never count Northwestern out against Iowa. So uh, I would bet Northwestern this game no matter what. Just trust me. Never trust. Never, never bet against Northwestern in the Iowa game. Give me a thought on uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Well, I don't think Penn State obviously can't can't stand up, uh, and they couldn't stand up to Indiana. And give Indiana credit. They did a great job. I understand that. But, uh, you know, without there being a home field advantage, other than one team has to travel out yeah. there and, and stay in uh, <laughs> hotels that you wouldn't stay in normally. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Ohio State, <laughs> Ohio State uh, has an advantage in that game, big advantage. And I know. Um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good spread. But I think I think Ohio State in this game all the way. Okay, Oklahoma State, Texas. 
big game for Texas. I really think if Texas doesn't win this game, that all those uh, conspiracies you heard about may come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know that Oklahoma State – one thing they did is they found a quarterback last week. And that's what they really needed. They, you know, the quarterback situation had been unsettled, and I think his name is Sanders. He mm-hmm. did a wonderful job in that game uh, and beat a pretty good Iowa State game. So uh, they're going to be hard to beat, and there are going to be fans in that stadium. And there is somewhat of a home crowd there, but I think there's a lot of pressure on Texas. I think Texas is dealing with internal issues that are going to cost them the entire season. Mm-hmm. They don't square it away. Gary Barnett with us, the coach. Coach, have a great weekend of college football. Fun to chat. Thanks for a few minutes today. All right, guys. Great being with you. Take Thanks, care. Chris. All righty. There he is. It's the coach. Good perspective on uh, Nebraska, the Big Ten, and uh, what could have been with a, a weekend matchup against Chattanooga. Parker Gabriel's next. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! That was good stuff from Gary Barnett, his perspective on Nebraska and the Big Ten. And pretty adamant that if Nebraska was in the Big 12, they'd be playing ball this Saturday. Guy who's done just an amazing job of coverage this week uh, with Nebraska and Wisconsin. And, uh, of course, the situation with Tennessee Chattanooga. We welcome in Parker Gabriel, Lincoln Journal-Star, at Husker Extra PG. Parker, uh, what a week it's been. How you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? It has been a little bit crazy, hasn't it? It has, man. Uh, Damon Barr, my producer, he's a rum connoisseur. He's already been through three handles this week. So, of, of, of rum. Yeah, it's, been a, it's been a long month this week. <laughs> no kidding. You're, you're you're right on with that. Let's go back to to Wisconsin and the COVID outbreak, and and I know you're close with with folks up there. And you know, as as you reassess this, Parker, are you uh, were you surprised that Wisconsin moved forward to to make the move they did and suspend things, not wait for the conference to jump in, but be proactive here based on the number of positive cases. And I don't know if you've seen, any, seen anything. I, I have not seen any additional positive cases with, with the, the Wisconsin team, but I'm, uh, I'd be surprised if it doesn't keep going up. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that I'd be surprised too. I haven't, I haven't seen or heard of any uh, confirmed additional cases, mm-hmm. just, you know, what Barry Alvarez said yesterday about, that they, they suspect that there are more, they have more tests pending. So, you know, if they're waiting for confirmation, that means they have additional positive antigen tests and they're waiting for the confirmation on the PCR test. So, I mean, I think that's what drove, you know, in part what drove the decision when it happened was just, okay, you've got 12 so far. You know, I don't talk about it publicly, but what I'm guessing is that they have an idea of, what the transmission chain looks like, you know, maybe not exactly the origination, but sort of an idea of where it might be headed. So I think that drove for the most part, you know, the, the decision to, to cancel. And then, you know, in terms of the timing, um, you could wait until Thursday or Friday. But I think the way the, the Big Ten lays out its guidelines with that seven-day pause, you know, if you have any hope of, of, not, ha- of not missing two games, and instead missing only one, you're actually sort of incentivized to 
make the decision to break earlier in the week to give yourself at least a fighting chance of, of not missing two games. You're right. And the, 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 the takeaway I had with, with Coach Alvarez and when we spoke with him, I mean, this was, this was 24 hours before everything hit the fan. So good mood, you know, looking forward to Lincoln. Coach Christ was all good. I mean, things were, were fine, and then they weren't. I mean, this thing just spread through. And, yeah, it, you're going to have to pull the plug. You might as well do it early rather than late. And my kind of feel with the type of program Wisconsin is with, with Coach Christ and Barry Alvarez, they would have loved nothing more than rolling in with whoever, some guy with a name tag on at quarterback, potentially, and just playing power football. I think they're... I think they're ticked they're not playing. Uh, that, that's, that's how I kind of view them. What, what's your takeaway with, with Wisconsin? Because there's some speculation about, well, it's just easy to, to move on from the game because not only are you down your head coach, you're down your top two quarterbacks. Yeah, I think, I think that, I mean, I tend to agree with your, your idea there that, that that would have been a rallying cry and a point of, a point of pride to say, you know, we're going to go down there with, with uh, whoever we got and we're going to, you know, kick their teeth in or whatever, all the same. And I think that, you know, it's from what it sounded like and from, you know, the people I know there and the people that cover Wisconsin, I think that was the prevailing attitude, um, you know, through Tuesday, even when, you know, it was clear that it was both Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf, uh, the number three quarterback. I, it seemed like it really changed um, either Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Um, and that was when, you know, that was when they found out, I think, about the, the staff members, including Paul Chris, the head coach. Um, you know, I mean, when you've got from what it sounds like, not only him, but, you know, perhaps other people on the offensive side uh, in the staff. I mean, you just it gets to a point where, you know, it gets untenable quickly. But even more than that, I mean, so, I mean, some people say, oh, so what, you know, Purdue beat Iowa without, you know, without Jeff Brown. But there was a longer period of time. Um, I, I, at least is the way I, I remember it, um, where, or, or there was more of an idea of, of what the potential exposure was. I think the thing that part of the reason that, that drove, you know, the decision that, that Alvarez and the chancellor there made, uh, at least my understanding of it is that they didn't feel like they even had a good idea of how widespread it might be in the locker room. And that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing to trifle with. Parker Gabriel's with us, Lincoln Journal star at Husker Extra PGs, where you find him on Twitter. So let's talk uh, Tennessee Chattanooga and uh, the uh, the maneuvering that was in place for Nebraska to to get a replacement game Saturday that for about 15 minutes looked and felt good and then was yeah. shot down and shut down by the Big Ten. What's your, uh, what's your take on as to why? Why did the Big Ten say no? I mean, as you read it, why why are you thinking uh, I'm not surprised the Big Ten said no. I was hoping they'd say yes, but uh, your final takeaway with uh, with the answer. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, that's the short answer. I, 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 I couldn't even probably just because that's what they agreed on in the first place was conference only. Um, but, you know, nobody said that. That's the thing. And this is like, this is my issue, I guess, if you want to call it that, with the way that the Big Ten handled postponing the first time around. I mean, I just as a just as a person, I thought that you know when they postponed in August, I wondered just why they didn't use all of that flexibility that they built into the schedule in the first place. But I understood, you know, without the rapid testing, uh, you know, plans in place. Okay, you don't feel like you can play. 
Um, but but nobody explained it. Nobody at the Big Ten explained it, and that was what I just sort of couldn't figure out is like why what is so wrong about talking about this? And that's the same thing today. I mean, you know, ask the Big Ten for comments. Um, obviously, you know, understand anything Nebraska says. They're going to come off as looking, you know, or it's going to sound like they're complaining, you know, to some people or whatever. And so, um, but, you know, I just, I don't, what I understand is, you know, from the, from the, from the Big Ten level, if you're a, if you're a president or a chancellor, you know, I mean, this is, first of all, there's a revenue component. If you play, if you let Nebraska play, you're making up part of a TV slot that you otherwise lose. On top of that, you know, I mean, there's, there's, this is going to happen to someone else. Um, and so, you know, you're setting a precedent. You would have been setting a precedent either way. You know, our team pursue a game um, or tell them that they can't, and they've set the precedent as you can't. And I just, I don't know, for a lot of reasons, that doesn't make sense to me. And, I, you know, the reason, part of the reason why they didn't want non-conference action back when, you know, they got rid of non-conference games in the first place was because of testing standards. And, you know, not everyone was going to have the resources that the Big Ten had and all that. Which, I mean, that's totally understandable, but that's, you've already determined that it's safe to play football at Memorial Stadium in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Like, that's already, you, you've said that when you put games on the schedule. So what is the difference between Tennessee Chattanooga if they test on Wednesday in Tennessee and then they test Friday and Saturday in Lincoln? Like, what is more dangerous about that than having Wisconsin here or having Penn State here. I, I don't, I don't, that doesn't track to me. It, well, it doesn't track with me either because it, Tennessee Chattanooga is doing the PRC testing. I mean, it's a 24 hour deal versus the rapid testing. So, the, and I've not been tested, so I, I can't speak to, to either the rapid or the PRC. I just know that, you know, the rapid testing has had some, some hit or misses, and what what nailed Christ was the PRC. That was the the positive test. Yeah. So, the the more reliable test out there is what Tennessee Chattanooga was going to have even before they left, and then you'd still test before you you came forward. So, uh, Dad said no. Pretty much is is what happened uh, for Nebraska. Parker, about a couple of minutes here. Just a, an over overarching thought from you on on where you think relationship. Uh, where's, where's the relationship stand uh, with Nebraska and the Big Ten as far as uh, Nebraska trying to, to make uh, another move in their best interest, schedule a game Saturday, and the Big Ten again coming out and saying it wasn't a no towards Nebraska, it was a no towards make-up games. Uh, that's how they, they phrased it. But uh, th- there's just not a lot of commonality or agreement, it doesn't feel like, between the league and, and Nebraska with football. Yeah, I think that's right. You know how you know how when you you know when you know how when you are getting on someone's nerves or someone's getting on your nerves or mutually you're on yes. each other's nerves and it's like everything that you do is taken as antagonism. So then even when even when each side thinks that they are acting completely rationally and not trying to antagonize the other side it comes off as like, oh, screw that guy. He's at it again. You know, that's that's sort of the way it feels like it is um, between the Big Ten and, and, and Nebraska right now. And, and the question is, like, in over the next, well, probably not next couple months, but 
over the next year or two years or five years, or is that going to, is it going to be that you like woke up one day and were in a better mood and suddenly that you and your former buddy aren't, aren't at each other's throats, or is it going to happen that you wake up and you realize like, no, I actually just literally don't like this person. And I don't know. I mean, that's, I think it's a question right now, but it's not something that is going to, you know, get better or become, you know, a mutual admiration society anytime in the in the coming weeks or or the next couple of months. I would I would have just imagine not not during this football season or, or this year at all. That's that's the million dollar question or the fifty four million dollar question, isn't it? Yeah, Is this right. going to get better? And that's just football. We're not even getting into research dollars. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the $750 million question. You can, you can stand each other for a price, but, man, it's just it's fraying. Yeah, you're going to wake up one day and say, I can't do this anymore, man. Uh, but the, uh, the, that, that, uh, that, that lazy river of money is kind of nice, so you just suck yeah, it up. Right, right. That's right. So yeah, it's going to just be a question of of if it's uh, you know if the water calms out or if it doesn't. Yeah, Parker, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for making time for for us this week. And by uh, thirty seconds, what are you doing Saturday? I have no idea. I thought until I thought until late this morning that maybe you'd still be covering football. Yeah. So um, you know, I guess uh, looks like. I'm going to go lose golf balls. That's where I'm headed. So. There you go. That's a good plan. All right. Parker, be good. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Yep, see you guys. All right. Parker Gabriel with us, Slick and Journal star. Good stuff. That's just the question, man. You've seen the divorce movies where the husband or wife just wakes and can't do it anymore. Ryan Day weighs in on Nebraska. We'll tell you what he had to say next. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hey, open phones till the top of the hour. Joel Makovica, Oscar Hall of Fame fullback, going to be with us. You know, Nebraska-Wisconsin are fullback-type games. So we were still excited to talk to, to Joel. But we'll uh, we'll pick his brain on things. Brandon Vogel and uh, Vogue's dropped his uh, podcast a couple three weeks ago, the I eighty podcast. So we'll talk some more Nebraska football with Brandon Vogel next hour. Four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five and the. Uh, you, you know, you look at Nebraska and this wonderful state and the reality of how the weather shifts and things change and you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. And Saturday's perfect example. going to be 61 and gorgeous and a perfect day for football and you'll just have to watch somebody else again. So this is interesting and I've, I've always given Elijah Herbal garbage for, for his creepy looking mustache and my brother and i uh have made kind of a deal to uh to to grow mustaches in honor of dad joe papa uh and he always rocked a good mustache so we just said you know what our wives hate us anyway so we're gonna just grow our grow our mustaches and 
I was so looking forward because the the pact we have is to grow a stash and uh, do so until Nebraska wins. So we could have broke out the old Bick last Saturday uh, until that those final four minutes and then the second half. So this thing's been growing. It's quite ugly. Damon's pointing and laughing at me. But now I've got to go a whole – I mean, i got to wait till Northwestern. And the way that team always plays Nebraska, nothing is guaranteed. So it's, uh, it's a process, and I'm quite frightened by it. I tried to talk to my wife earlier today, and, and she started throwing things at me because, I, as she said it, you just look creepy. Kind of do, but I kind of like it. Kind of like it. Damon, jump in here, and not to make you awkward or uncomfortable or cause a lawsuit, but should I just end this this pact and, and just tap out? I mean, it's not quite Seinfeld in the contest episode here, but it is uh, it is some growth, and I'm usually a stubble guy and not a, not a mustache guy. I'll, I promise we'll get to football, but this is football-related. I need Nebraska to play and win so I can I can shave. Well, I hope you're not yelling, I'm out by the end of this weekend. I mean, I, I think you can... It, it can go a little bit longer. It's not it, It's not looking that bad from my perspective. Um, depends on what another week will do to you. But, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I just got to kind of keep... Tri- Problem is, I got too much salt and pepper going. I mean, there's too much freaking gray going on in here. So let's get some thoughts from Ryan Day as uh, Ohio State and Penn State get set to roll. The funniest part of the first hour has been Gary Barnett saying, yeah, there are hotels that nobody wants to stay in or travel to in Happy Valley. Uh, I have not made the trek there to Siberia in, the, uh, in, in North America known as Happy Valley. But uh, the bromance with Ohio State and Nebraska just won't go away. You have angst and frustration and, quite honestly, unhappiness with the Big Ten and Nebraska. Well, it's the opposite with an ally in Ohio State. And Ryan Day uh, wouldn't say what he said just for headlines, but uh, he had his weekly in-season radio appearance and Day offered thoughts about Nebraska, their attempt to play with Tennessee Chattanooga this weekend. And after he th- after the game was canceled with Wisconsin, uh, Day said, I thought they should have had the opportunity to play. I completely agree with him. I think a lot of Nebraska fans, I mean, your hopes were up. And it's just been that type of roller coaster all season, from no football to football to the schedule to not getting a chance to to, to meet and, and bar fight Wisconsin Saturday. So you want football. And let's be honest, no one's ap- real cranked up about Tennessee Chattanooga. You don't care unless they're bringing T.O. out. But it, it's it's a game. It's football. And more importantly, it's it's an opportunity for the economy, locally and statewide, to have a home game on on Saturday, even with no fans and the provisions. So that's the frustrating part, and the Nebraska just can't. And I, I'm, I side with Nebraska. I grew up here. I'm not a Big Ten guy. I understand where Nebraska is coming from with not understanding or just don't get the Big Ten. What do you want to be, Big Ten? Ryan Day doesn't get it either. 
He, he doesn't. Ohio State wants to play football. Nebraska wants to play football. That is what's important to them. That's their identity. It's not that Nebraska doesn't have great uh, majors and research people and UNMC and Innovation Campus and Broadcasting College and the Business School with Warren Buff. Nebraska is very impressive. Ohio State has an incredible business school and their medical facilities are or are top not. So they have a lot of other things in football to brag about. But from a front porch standpoint, both schools have always been proud of their athletic programs and their football programs. And not everybody has that in the Big Ten. There are other things you wrap your arms around, and that is what's emphasized and what you're more proud of. And there's just there's just a disconnect with the league in Nebraska, and Nebraska, kind of that frontier mindset of fearlessness and exploration and wanting to to just go make things happen. Nebraska had every right to try and do things. This thing was doomed from the start because Nebraska, and to Nebraska's credit, did not wait around And you don't have time to wait around for the Big Ten to get back to you. What has the Big Ten shown? They they begrudgingly went back to football, okay? Two, the Big Ten has been atrocious at communication, specifically timely communication. I mean, if you're a basketball coach and program, you're still waiting on a freaking schedule for Big Ten basketball. This is, okay, Wisconsin tapped out. Can we get a game Saturday? And Nebraska and Bill Moose were proactive. They banged the phones yesterday. They got things within principle with Tennessee Chattanooga for $250,000. And I love the, the part of the statement where between Chancellor Green and, and Moose said, look, the protocols are above and beyond even what the Big Ten has. Now, that was a little bit of a jab, but good, because it was the better testing method, the PRC testing. And Nebraska needed to move to try. You needed to to make a move and ask for forgiveness, I guess is the way you go about it. Because the Big Ten, if you would have tried to get an answer from them, you'd still be waiting. You didn't get the answer you wanted. But now the Big Ten is, again, very clear on what their level of football importance is. We'll wind down Hour 1 with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Winding down Hour 1, Joe McAvicka. Coming up in 10 minutes, Brandon Vogel. Some NFL thoughts and your reaction to the Big Ten saying no to Nebraska with you T.C. Not shocked. Not really wowed by the opponent. And I'm not knocking the uh, the work that, that Bill Moose in Nebraska put in to try and get somebody. That's, that's incredible to have an agreement in place. And then the Big Ten. So this thing was doomed. The Big Ten pretty much rolled their eyes at Nebraska. And said, you know, it isn't going to happen. And they didn't specifically call out Nebraska. But now th- there is some pressure here. There is some pressure to maybe 
forge forward? Because you can't go back and say, okay, Ohio State, Michigan, you're our two playoff hopefuls if you lose a game due to COVID and, God forbid, it impacts you in the uh, the, the college football playoff. The Big Ten's going to have a hard time coming back and saying, well, yeah, let's let, let's reschedule something. So Kevin Warren and the Big Ten are, and the chancellors and presidents are, are a bit boxed in with with their rules they're sticking with in, in August. And the Big Ten's probably annoyed Nebraska moved forward to try and, and schedule something. But Nebraska had every right. It's not Nebraska's fault that Ohio State had to back out due to COVID. And Nebraska wants to play football. Nebraska's taken precautions and done the right thing to be able to play football. The thing that had the uh, the, the Twitter world smiling and laughing last night was the tweet from Nebraska football's Twitter handle that was hilarious. I mean, it was classic subtweeting where it's uh, it's uh, dusk is upon the practice field and you have Scott Frost in the picture with Smothers and McCaffrey and Adrian. So all all the quarterbacks that are A, not COVID positive, B, spaced out six feet apart and see the head coaches right there. All the things Wisconsin does not have because they're on a seven-day pause. I'm anxious to know where things move forward. The Big Ten and Nebraska will coexist. But, you know, what's, what's the future hold for Nebraska and the Big Ten? Now, we'll talk with the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, tomorrow. But this is maybe another way to poke the bear if you're Nebraska. Maybe you invite University of Tennessee Chattanooga to Lincoln, not just for a game, but for a lunch and a backyard scrimmage. Maybe if you you term it differently. It's not a game, but if it's a scrimmage then that can work. I don't know. Uh, reminder about uh, buckling up and, you know, safety is so important when you're uh, in the car. And when it comes to keeping yourself happy, healthy, and alive, 70% of fatal crashes in Nebraska occur when someone's not wearing their seatbelt. If you buckle up, Seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury up to 60%. Your best defense in a crash is buckling up. This message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Little fullback talk. Jill Nakavica. He's next. Brandon Vogel on the way. It's hour two. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Well, we just got some cool news on on basketball for uh, ESPN Lincoln. That's awesome. Little, little, we say it? All right, cool. 
Yeah, so uh, coming up here December 8th, the suit is in, Rob. We're going to talk to our Husker fullback here in a minute. Who's who's coming up here December 8th? Looks like we're going to the Creighton-Kansas uh, game. A couple of ranked teams to kind of get us into some NCAA basketball. It's pretty good. Uh, that'll be a great broadcast. That is awesome. And uh, I know where those who paint their face red and white are betting. <laughs> They're not betting on uh, the, the, their their friends up uh, in uh, in Blue Jay Land, so that's pretty good. Some uh, some college basketball around the corner. It looks like Georgia Tech, Nebraska is going to be part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and uh, that is awesome. So you'll be able to hear Kansas Creighton on uh, on December eighth here uh, locally with ESPN Lincoln uh, football on our mind, and there's so much to get into with uh, Hall of Fame fullback and. Uh, it is Nebraska-Wisconsin week that's been shelved, but we always like to talk physical football. Joel Makovica with us, Makovica Physical Therapy. And Joel, it's been a while, man. What have you been up to? How are you? Schmitty, it has been a while. I guess it's been too long. You just butchered my name. Makovica. I, I am slurring <laughs> because it's been that type of week. You know what? I, t- I hear you. I, emotions are running high. We play a game. And then they're running low. We get a game canceled. So I forgive you for that. But uh, <laughs> no, you you know, don't. things are going good just day by day. I guess that's all you can do. Joel McAvigga with us here on Hale Varsity. You're, you're right. And it's been one of, those, one of those weeks. And, Joel, as you look at things, I want to go back to, to Saturday and just kind of get your, uh-huh. your eyesight on some things with what you liked, what you saw and uh, what you were encouraged by. I mean, what were some of your takeaways that we were hoping would carry over to Saturday? Mm-hmm. Well, i tell you what, you know, uh, after watching it, some of my takeaways is first and foremost, <clears throat> you, have to, you have to understand, and I think everybody understands that Ohio State is, you know, in my opinion, one of four teams in the country that can win the national title. And so, so they are the elite of elite in college football right now. So it was going to be a huge test for Nebraska opening up. Like everyone says, the big 10 didn't give us any favors, but so we, so we knew going in there that, that this was going to be a tough game and, and Ohio state's an elite football team. And, and I thought some of the positives is what I wanted to see was, was how was our offense and defensive line going to hold up? Because this is, this is the question in big 10 football is you, you need to have a, strong offense and defensive line play. And I, and I was pleasantly surprised at, at some of the progress they made. We were able to, to run the football and, and hold them to 210 yards running the football. So I thought, I thought our offense and defensive line did, did really well. And, and, and you take a look at, at some of those, those positives. And, and then if you want to look at and keep it real and look at some negatives is, is we we have to get better receiver play. We have to we have to get receivers running open, and I think that's not been a strength of this football team. And we have to get better receiver play and and better play in the back end of our defense with with our defensive backs. You can't can't let a, even one of the better quarterbacks go 20, 21 to twenty two for two hundred and seventy six yards. That just doesn't get it done. But but with all that said, if you look at it, Schmitty, and I know you guys probably have broke this down, but you talk about an elite football team in Ohio State. And you look at uh, with eight minutes to go in the first half, we tied the game up at 14-14. And we were in position, um, you know, to maybe go into halftime, down a touchdown, down three points, or maybe tied. And, and, and they get a field goal. Our defense did a good job and held them to a field goal with about eight minutes or three minutes to go in, in the first half. 
And so what Nebraska needs to do if they want to start winning some games like this against against high-quality opponents is, is they, they have to grind out first downs when there's three minutes left in the first half and at least go into the locker room 17-14. But they didn't do that, and, and we pumped the ball away, and knowing that Ohio State's going to get the ball first in the second half, and they score a touchdown with a minute to go uh, in, in the first half, and now we're down 24-14. They come out in the second half, they score a touchdown at 31-14, and then we turn the ball over, they get they scoop and score, and, and it's 38-14 just like that when it was 14-14 with eight minutes to go in the first half, 17-14 with three minutes to go in the first half. So that's been, that's been just the Achilles heel of this team in the last few years is we have to start taking these, these games close in the locker room and seeing where the second half plays out, and we just haven't been able to close out the, the halves very well. Joel McAvick is with us here, Hale Varsity Radio, Husker Hall of Fame fullback. Do you sense or fear that there's doubt at all in the program, not that things are going to get turned around or that the leadership is, is not what it needs to be, but just that confidence as a player that, oh, man, Things aren't going to go sideways on us. That's what I'm wondering. Is there some some uh, trepidation that, that things can actually go okay and a team can yeah. get to halftime 17-14 versus you blink and it's, it's a 10-point spread? Yeah, you know, and, and that's a great question. And, and confidence is a fickle beast. And, and it seems like when you have it, things go right and, and you, you keep it until things start to go totally wrong and, and – and once you've, you've tasted losing as much as we have over the last decade, even fans, I think fans become, become pessimistic and, and say, what's going to happen now? And so I think that that can bleed over to a football team and, and some of these kids that have been around is, is them thinking, hey, when, when's the shoe going to drop and we're going to turn the ball over or, you know, they're going to get a 70-yard touchdown. So, um Confidence is one of those things where you have to start winning games and you have to start competing and maybe losing close and then get over the hump and win an upset, get an upset win in a game you weren't supposed to and then start building on that to where you can get string together two or three wins in a row. So if, if this football team could ever string together two or three wins in a row, you know, I think their confidence would 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 come back and they would play a lot better. But I think there is a lack of confidence right now. And, and that just comes with winning and that comes with changing the culture and getting a culture of getting the guys in here and know they can win and know they can compete in this conference. And, and so, um, you know, that's what they have to do. And I think you're right. I think that this football team is lacking a little bit of confidence and until listen, and the only way that cures that is to win and to start winning game after game after game so they can develop some of that confidence. Joel McAvick is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. So Saturday was supposed to be a, a throwback game, a, kind of a McAvick-type game, Wisconsin-Nebraska, mm-hmm. tough defenses, physical football. And before COVID, and, and Wisconsin just gave an update with uh, their situation where they have – uh, additional cases now. They're up to 16. Two more staff members testing positive. So this thing was was headed toward Outbreak City. Uh, before all of this, Wisconsin may have been down to a former high school 
quarterback and their fullback slash big back may have been going wild cla- wildcat slash uh, Wisconsin Badger cat. So I wanted to ask you, Makavica, what type of, of, of wildcat quarterback could you have been in the in the Nebraska offense had you had been called the been called the duty? No oh, man, fun question. I would have been the big cat wildcat, as a big bass wildcat, is is what we would have had to call. You know what? I'll tell you what. Here would have been the biggest problem. I I wouldn't have had. I would have loved to do it, and I wouldn't have had any problem. I, I think as a quarterback, you have to know defenses. You have to know what the offensive lines doing. Get us in the right play know where your hot reads are, and I understood all that. I understood defenses as a fullback, and we got taught that. I understand where the protections were coming from. I understood our hot reads. I understood all that. Here, here, and running the ball would not be a problem for me. Here, here is where, where the problem would lie, Schmitty, is back in my day, and now I'm saying my day, it seems like I, that's talking like I played in the 60s, but back in the 90s, you saw our shoulder pads, man, and there is no way I could have thrown the ball downfield. So there would have been no threat of throwing the football with the pads we wore. I could have maybe, I could have maybe hit some checkdowns over the ball mm-hmm. at about five or seven yards. There's some hitches on going into the into the short side of the field, but uh, there would have been no way throwing the ball down the field with, with the pads we wore. But again, as a quarterback, I knew the offense and I knew the uh, the the offensive line assignments and, and where the hot reads were. And, and if you did that, I, I think we, we could have been successful. See, you're always confident in your abilities. I love that, whether it's the golf course or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the the margin of error and the reality of the – I mean, those shoulder pads were huge, but it worked. You, you did your job, and that was, that was hammering linebackers. So – were you a, a guy that could could throw pretty well? I mean, were you from a spiral standpoint, or was this just going to be um, shuffle pass or find uh, <laughs> Gerald Armstrong uh, for for five inside the yeah. in, inside the I red think zone? It would have been it would have been kind of those Tim Tebow jump passes uh. where where you would have just kind of shot put it out there. I'll tell you what, I'll I'll, I'll say this as a fullback, we we weren't conducive to lifting weights like a quarterback there 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 are two different there are two different workout programs for for fullbacks running backs to quarterbacks to where where um throwing wasn't as conducive to the workout program we were used to so i i would say it would have to be more of the the tim tebow jump passes no. to to the tight end over the ball or maybe maybe a like I said, a five yard out to the to the short side of the field, and and that's about that would have been our passing offense for for the big back wildcat. What could have been with Macavica as a wildcat fullback uh, playing quarterback? Oh, so who who, threw, might, who throws a better I, pass? You or Frosty? Oh come on! You know I can't. You know I can't go on the radio and say me. So it's definitely Frosty. I mean, <laughs> I'm just asking. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though he he. He he ran like a running back, and, and he could get the job done throwing the football. So you know he he would have been great in that that system running running the spread or the the shotgun spread. All right, uh, Makovica, you're you're commissioner of the Big Ten for a day. What mm-hmm. do you, what do you get to do? How how would you have ruled with Nebraska and Tennessee Chattanooga? 
you know what? It, it, I would have allowed them to play. And if you if you're asking me, these kids want to play, mm-hmm. and and they're you know I understand Wisconsin, and, and now that you said 16 people have tested positive and more staff before they didn't meet the big 10 requirement to the big 10 to shut them down. And, and so they did it on their own. So um, now that they've reached out, well, what I don't understand is, um, you know, the big 10 conference is the only conference and we played one week and the big 10 conference is the only conference now that has lost a game. After all the games we've been playing, there have been games that have been postponed, but no games have been lost yet. And now in, in, in less than a, a two weeks, the Big Ten is the first one to, to lose a game. So these kids work so hard to, to be ready to play and are doing the right things with, with what's going on and, and trying to stay healthy and, and safe. And so, you know, if one team doesn't, to penalize both teams, I disagree with. And, and if, you know, as the Big Ten Conference, I would have said, you know what, I'm not going to schedule it, and I'm not going to do the legwork and the, and the footwork to do it. But if you can come up with a game and somebody's willing to come to Lincoln and play, let's let the kids play. And, and that's what they want. These are, these are college athletes. This is what they do. They're excited to play. They've wanted to play since September. And now you're taking that away from them when, when they've been doing everything right and everything they can do to get on the field and stay on the field. So I think it's a travesty to not let them play when they want to, and especially when Nebraska is doing all the legwork to, to pay somebody to come in here to play. Let's let the kids play, and that's what it's all about. It's all about letting these kids play in the college experience, and, and so why not? What's it hurt? Joel Makovic is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Joel, about 90 seconds here. Are you surprised the Big Ten said no? You know what? I'm not surprised about any 2020. <laughs> the year 2020 is not. Uh, you, there, there can be no surprises. You, you just, you just kind of have to take it day by day and and, and keep moving forward. And, and we're going to get through, through this. But it doesn't surprise me that that the Big Ten and and Wisconsin said they didn't want to play. I mean, there was eight or nine of the presidents of universities that didn't want to play this year, and and it took. Uh, you know, an act of, we should say, God to, to mm. allow us to play in the, in the Big Ten. So it didn't surprise me, to be quite honest with you. Uh, it surprised me it happened so fast. Uh, I, I didn't think we, we were going to get all the games in just because uh, of how the, the season started and they didn't want to play. It surprised me a little bit, though, uh, on how fast um, it took uh, just in after week one to, to shut down a game. But you know what? Nothing surprises me anymore. And, and um, you know, I don't know if there's any love lost right now between the Big Ten and Nebraska. 15 seconds. Joel McAvigga with us. You uh, shooting any birds this weekend? Hey, you know what? I'm going to try and get out on opening day. I mean, uh, I might go out uh, Saturday and Sunday. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to get out and, and, and do a little hunting. Are you a good shot? I mean, come on, Schmitty. You know I am. I'm dead eye. I'm a great. I, I, I've, I've never. I've never. I know you hunt. I know you really enjoy it. I just don't know how. How uh, what, what, you know? Are you? Are you? Are you Justin Fields with the rifles? My thing. Well, I don't know if I go that far. You know, it's just kind of like it's kind of like golf and anything else. Is if you don't do it enough, I got you. Uh, it's kind of like riding a bike. You can get back into it if you do it enough, but if you don't do it enough, it, it takes a while. So. 
You know what? It might miss a few of the first birds, but we'll get on them towards the end of the day. Joel, thanks for the time, man. It was great to get caught up. All right, buddy. Anytime. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! You know, it's always nice, always nice of Mack to correct the, the radio guy on pronunciations and all of that. And yeah, I, I did try and entrap him with critiquing Coach Frost's throwing the ball. He wouldn't go there. And Makovica made sure he had enough runway with, if there were incomplete passes, had he ever played the Wildcat position, which is what Wisconsin would have been forced to do pre-COVID. Uh, he just was letting the world know that they're going to run the football and a few little dump passes, a little a few jump passes, Tebow style to the tight end, and that's how it would have worked. A guy that uh, I love, I know loves a good jump pass in the in the red zone is Brandon Vogel, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, and get his book, Dream Like a Champion, with Coach John Cook. Vogues, how's your Thursday? And were you close to, well, to, to jumping in the uh, the old U-Haul with uh, the mocks? <laughs> I, I, I thought I was there for uh, a, a very brief time, a too brief time, uh, you know, of staked out on the, the interstate looking for the uh, equipment truck, seeing if it was headed west. But uh, unfortunately, didn't get that. Didn't get that either, but good try by Nebraska and UTC. Yeah, and, and I, that's that's in your neighborhood, man, and that had been fun. I was looking forward to, we are looking forward to football on Saturday, and it's not going to happen. And was this thing dead in the water from the jump because Nebraska negotiated before talking to the league? Or would it have mattered? Was this just Nebraska doing their due diligence, reiterating, look, we want football, and it's just the Big Ten being the uh, the misunderstanding father saying, nope, nobody gets uh, nobody gets special non conference treatment in twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it was retaliatory from from the Big Ten. I think it was probably always a, a very long shot. But you know, if you're if you're Nebraska, it's kind of like okay, well, dream big. What's the <laughs> what's the opportunity here, and what's the chance of even pulling this off? You reach out to a couple of people, and you, you come up with a, a place. It's like, yeah, we'd like to play another game, um, and 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 you, you see what happens from there. You know, it's 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 not a surprise given everything we've gone through to to even get to this point. That you know, when you look at the Big Ten as a a collective, uh, obviously those conference games have the most value to the, the conference in, in general. And, you know, I, I'm, it's not like there's a great deal more risk in, in playing Chattanooga versus playing Wisconsin. You know, there's, there's just a basic level here. Everyone's going to do testing to the best of their ability. Uh, basic level of risk with, with playing at all, and everyone's kind of agreed to, to live with it at least that now at least that amount, but you get here. There's zero risk for Nebraska this Saturday, unfortunately, because they're not playing. Um, so it's, I'm, not, I'm not surprised that they weren't able to reach a majority opinion on, yes, uh, 
non-conference games are okay in this very specific instance because I think the Big Ten is going to encounter it again. Hopefully just not one uh, involving the Huskers if things go okay. You're right, and I think the Big Ten's boxed themselves in not only with, with just the, nope, we're going to reel off nine games in nine weeks with no with no buffer, no bye week, but also the expectation of just that it's it's dangerous because everyone's got to be level playing field with testing protocols. Brandon, with 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 Tennessee Chattanooga, I mean, it sounds like they were pretty high level with their testing. I mean, we're talking the 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 PRC is what they'd already taken on Wednesday and had results twenty four hour late twenty four hours later today with no positive test. It's not the roll of the dice that it feels like exists with some of the rapid testing. Yeah, and that, and that'll be something really interesting to watch, I guess, going forward as we've we've seen what happened at Wisconsin. Like, look, no no test is 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 going to be foolproof, um, and there's there's still a lot of questions over exactly what happened at Wisconsin, and you know when those players were were actually infected. Um, but it's it's kind of remarkable from from Chad Nugget's perspective because like they don't have another game scheduled. You know, this is an FCS program that's not scheduled to play again until February. Um, so I don't know if they like jumped in and did those tests just to kind of well, if if, if this Nebraska thing's going to happen, we've got to be ready to go basically immediately, or, or if it was scheduled. But it's. Uh, it's just it's 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 tough on a number of fronts because it's it, it, to find a team like that that's like yeah we want to play another game um, and to be wedding, willing to go and to get that close to it um, you know like a lot of things this year it just kind of leaves you feeling man I wish it was different. Brandon Vogels with us, managing editor, HailVarsity.com and magazine. Uh, sadness that there's no football Saturday. A little bit of a glimmer of hope that that faded quickly. Brandon, with Nebraska and the Big Ten moving forward, is this just another kind of chink in the armor with these two entities, or is this just another little bit of a uh, a pothole uh, on a bumpy road? I mean, I guess my question here is: is do you feel like uh, there's 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 continual buildup between the the conference and and the school, or can things eventually get hashed out and a mutual understanding and acceptance actually occur here? Because you 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 you're locked in with the Nebraska fan base, so are we, and it's just been anger. It's been anger all week uh, since the COVID thing. There's been conspiracy theories about Wisconsin, and now the Big Ten uh, puts their foot down on Nebraska with the, a no. And, you know, it, it brings up the old, uh, damn, we missed the Big 12 discussion. Yeah, I think I think you have to be really, really careful with that. I mean, yeah. look, four, four, four months ago, I'm not saying you personally, I'm saying just general you, uh, you know, four months ago, and I'm lucky to to hop on with you twice a week and have done so for a long time. Like, were we talking at all about Nebraska needs to get out of the Big Ten? This isn't the right fit. Like, no. I mean, so is that actually, is is that an accurate representation of where things are? Or is it just the reaction now based on 
some unfortunate circumstances through unforeseen, through an unforeseen time. Like, are things as bad as, as it feels, or is this just honing our focus on, hey, Nebraska wants to do this thing, and it's been on the opposite side of, of the Big Ten twice now. I think it's probably the latter. Um, you know, it's, it, this is always the case in college football, but if, if things are going well, if it's, it's just so strange when you, like, zoom out and this time and where Nebraska's at and its progress as a program, it's still really fighting to get up that hill, and now it's being told, stay off the hill. Like, yeah. you can't even get the chance to do the hard work of, of running up it. You know, if this was five, six years down the road and Nebraska's in a better spot as a football program, it might be an entirely different conversation. So that's that's kind of where I come down on on that part of it. It's like I understand all of the frustration. I get it. I was super excited to see this football game. I thought it was going to be a great football game. Um, but these are strange times, and you just got to live with it a little bit. There's There's kind of nothing anybody can do, unfortunately. Brandon Vogel's with us. A couple more minutes. HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Vogel's uh, a thought with your I-80 podcast. Uh, you decided to to not cancel. You, you, you've you pushed forward, and I'm thankful for that. Give us a little preview of, of what folks can check out. HailVarsity.com, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You're doing your own podcast, and it's really awesome. Yeah, thanks. I, and I had just got, gotten done with the, the show outline and was sitting down to record on Wednesday because uh, it comes out Thursday mornings uh, and <laughs> when the news when the news happened. Uh, so I was like, well, I guess I'm not recording a podcast today. Uh, mm-hmm. Thought about it a little bit. Um, had Deputy Hale-Varsity Deputy Editor Aaron Sorensen hop on, and we just kind of talked through the week. Uh, you know, some of the things we talked about here, me, you and I, just going through it like, I mean, I was driving home from Columbus, Ohio on Sunday when the Mertz, you know, news kind of popped up on my phone. And I was like, man, this changes things. Uh, I had no idea at the time just how much. So we kind of, we kind of walked through that. We, we walked through uh, Nebraska and, you know, everybody kind of saw the tweet last night that was making the rounds nationally. Mm-hmm. And what does this mean for, for Nebraska's national reputation? Uh, talk through a few of those things. So it's, it's, it's just a little bit of a recap of, uh, of, of where we are right now. I would much rather prefer the six or seven hours of Wisconsin-Nebraska game analysis that I had prepared. But, hey, so it goes. You know, and you've got 40 going out there with the, the victim take, uh, Wetzel's layout. I, and I'm not one way or the other on Wetzel, but I thought his Yahoo story is really good. I mean, I don't think the Nebraska fan base got about a minute here, so I'll hurry through. But I don't think the Nebraska fan base is got this victim mentality. I just think they're they're pissed that there's no football and they're frustrated uh, not uh, of not getting the answer they want from the Big Ten. They can't understand why the Big Ten is the way they are. And, and that's just, that's the feel. And I, and I mean, I grew up here, you grew up here, we, we've covered this team, so this is who we know, and I'm, I'm not opposed to looking at the other side of things, but it, it's just the communication part of this thing is the frustrating part uh, for me, for Nebraska, because th- that's why they, they jumped out and got in front of this. They, they'd still be waiting on uh, a yes or no, hey, can we call, uh, can we call the mocks? 
Yeah, it's just, it's 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 just tough because you know with that breakdown, sort of local versus national, you're talking about in this case, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like the people locally care the most. Uh, they're the most invested in it. It makes you a little bit uh, emotional and occasionally irrational. But tr- zoom out, you know, nationally, like it's so easy for the default position to just be, well, look at Nebraska. They're being crazy again, uh, especially since we were just there from their perspective two months ago. Yeah. And as usual, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Look at Nebraska. We need another SEC uh, network short. Is what we need. Uh, we we need we need an update on the the road trip. How that's going. <laughs> the, the the SEC uh, network where uh, the Big Ten's that that gal that no one wants to sit by. Big Ten's uh, following Texas around, and yeah, that's pretty good. Vogues, we'll uh, we'll talk Saturday. And uh, thanks so much for jumping on. All right, thanks a lot. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot, preteen Swedish boy. So while Nebraska waits on a Big Ten basketball schedule, and we have no football on Saturday, uh, Ross Dean, college football insider, Reporting that uh, Georgia Tech and Nebraska are locked in for the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is awesome. Uh, Georgia Tech was one of those programs I enjoyed uh, as a kid because they they had Kenny Anderson at point guard. Uh, Bobby Cremins had the craziest freaking hair, and they were a, a Final Four team. They were really good. I think they had Mark Price, too, in the mid-80s, something like that. So Georgia Tech is one of those teams that I really enjoyed. I liked the Arkansas 40 minutes of hell. UNLV was fun. Of course, the Fab Five was incredible. Loved that era. Didn't dislike Carolina, but they weren't as dynamic. Post-Jordan and Worthy and Sam Perkins and Doherty. But Georgia Tech's a program that always kind of would stop and get your attention, and then they had Travis Best, and then they've kind of been absent for a while. I mean, they made kind of a, a, a Cinderella six-seed Sweet 16, I should say Final Four run, maybe 15, 14, 15 years ago. But what you're going to have is this, and these are your Big Ten ACC matchups, and I love this. John Rothstein putting this out. Because college basketball is going to be fun. I can't wait to watch Hoiberg's team, uh, Coach Abdel Massey and company. They've done an amazing job recruiting You've had to be patient. Last year was was tough just with some of the the fits and the transition with year one and the JUCO reaches. Guys with talent but didn't quite get how to be successful consistently in the Big Ten. Illinois is going to be taking on Duke. That'll be sweet. Illinois is a good, good program. Duke's Duke. Uh, Iowa and Carolina. My buddy Iowa Russ right now has got his hands together. He's like, come on now. That's awesome. Michigan State, Virginia, why not? Those teams are always in the Elite Eight or Final Four. Wisconsin and Louisville is nice. Indiana and Florida State. We were, Florida State was a, a Final Four contender last year until things got kiboshed. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, those two schools hate each other. Rutgers and Syracuse is fun. 
That's sweet. Boston College, Minnesota, Pitt Northwestern, Penn State, Virginia Tech, Miami, Purdue, NC State, Michigan, and then Georgia Tech and Clemson. And you're going to have Maryland. I said Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, Nebraska. Sorry. And then Maryland, Clemson. That's nice. That works. So we'll uh, get things shaken out uh, with that. So there's your ACC Big Ten Challenge. Iowa, Carolina, big-time headliner. But Nebraska gets uh, Georgia Tech. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Uh, at to Damon Barr, that's two R's. And uh, for sure, give us an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just a lot of anger and venom and frustration for sure with Nebraska and uh, no football on Saturday. So how are you going to handle Saturday? Well, I, I may go swing the clubs. Uh, I am anxious to watch that Iowa-Northwestern game. I know that's a 2.30 ball game. Uh, ABC is going to have Penn State, Ohio State, so I'll definitely watch that. And then, you know, as a Nebraska fan out there, you don't mind seeing harm to Texas football. You just you don't. If there's some adversity, good. They've had a couple of, of high-level talent guys get in the transfer portal. Tom Herman uh, could do no wrong at Houston, could do no wrong as offensive coordinator, for Urban Meyer at Ohio State with the 2014 team. And now what's happening? Well, he's not doing well in Texas despite that that upset win in year two over Georgia. They've been a 500 team. They're losing to TCU. They're not beating Oklahoma. They don't dominate their own state any longer with what Baylor and TCU have done. And you're, you're big, bad Texas. Here's what is going to start happening. And, and Dean Blevins laid this out. He anticipated Texas losing a lot of ball games if they did not beat Oklahoma. They didn't. So you have Tom Herman under the gun. You have Tom Herman in the eyes of Texas and that whole discord there with a the number of African-American players in that song. You've got Sam Ellinger that is staying after and has been singing that, win or lose. And that isn't real cool with a lot of his black teammates. That's that's the feel, right? Cedric Golden's commented on this with us, too. So if you're Tom Herman, you just had the number one quarterback in the country decommit from you, okay? And that's no good. You're reeling right now. You had a much-needed win over Baylor last weekend, but now it's Oklahoma State, and can you get back in the Big 12 race? And if you lose, the talk is this. Texas has got, remember the uh, Smokey and the Bandit movies? Texas has got probably a large population of boosters of substance that look like the tall brother and then the, the short brother that roll up in a boss hog type Cadillac with nothing but suitcases full of money. And more so the ego appeal to Urban Meyer. 
So if things keep going sideways, if things keep going south for Coach Herman, Texas will no doubt pull the trigger again quickly, like they did with with Coach Strong, like they did to go rush and go get Herman. I mean, Texas has been a revolving door for coaches, and they punted Mac Brown. Mac got lazy, no question in my opinion, but he's doing okay in Carolina. But Texas will throw money and ego at, at Urban Meyer. And Urban, come on down to Texas. We'll take five years and make us great again. You did it at Ohio State. You did it at Florida. Think about the only coach to go win national championships in three different Power Five leagues. Now, if Urban gets into coaching, SC missed missed their spot last year to get him. Uh, things are okay at Notre Dame for Coach Kelly, but I mean that that's like Urban's dream job is to go win a national championship at Notre Dame because he was an assistant for so long there under Holtz and Bob Davey. So I honestly think though that 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 is that is the pitch, that's the appeal, and. You look at all the quarterbacks Urban Meyer has had, uh, a lot of them that were so successful in his offense at uh, at Ohio State have been Texas kids. And don't kid yourself with uh, his connection with Tim Beck, bringing him to the Ohio State staff for for a period of time. I mean, Beck was a high school coach down there and recruited the state of Texas very well. So we'll see. Big weekend with Oklahoma State, Texas, and what's the future look like for Coach Herman? He could win, and it could be okay. We'll wind down a Thursday at Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. NFL action tonight. And I don't know how cranked up you are for this. It's football, right? Especially after today, where your hopes were up and then your hopes were dashed. And the reality of a lot of anger sitting in and setting in, if you're a Nebraska fan, with uh, being told no by the Big Ten. That's too bad. And uh, you just got to stay healthy, gear up, and just try and grind through. Easier said than done and get ready for Northwestern. That'll be something that the team will do, but uh, you can't fault. And actually, you really need to credit Nebraska trying to make some chicken salad here. And, and being quick on the phone, it just was not to be. And it'd be nice someday to get an answer from the Big Ten. I feel like I'm repeating myself. It'd be nice to get an answer someday from the Big Ten as to why versus different sources and insiders within the league talking to some of their national outlets about just what what is going on behind closed doors with Nebraska and the Big Ten. There's no thread of... Nebraska leaving, there's no threat of the league wanting Nebraska out. Both sides really just don't see eye to eye right now. And that's not new. 
and for Nebraska to, to be taken seriously and more seriously and have more weight with their words, start kicking butt on the football field. That's It's that simple. The other side of it is you take our money and now it's time for you to do what we say. And it's not that Nebraska's rule-breaking for the sake of rule-breaking or disagreeable just to be a pain in the ass. There's just a flat-out philosophical disagreement. Do you want to be a football league or not, Big Ten? You got a football league, whether you like it or not, with Michigan and Ohio State and Iowa and Penn State. (laughs) Let them go play ball. Don't Don't be such a chump standing in the way. And there's different philosophies. So, Damon, what is on the agenda tonight? What's uh, Damon and Damon's girlfriend doing? A little bit of tortellinis going in the, in the pot tonight. A nice pasta dinner. And I don't know, maybe some, uh, some, some wine. Some, some wine and some Halloween shopping, potentially. Ah. A little last minute costume effort. So, what, what is the trend right now for you? What are you thinking about costume wise? Well, we were going to go as um, a couple from a TV show that she likes, but she's nixed to that idea. What was the show? Uh, Gilmore Girls. Okay, we were go- I, I yeah, exactly. I didn't think you'd know. So, <laughs> Does that mean I'm old and out of touch or just that it's not up my, uh, is, my wheelhouse? I, that, the latter on that one. Okay. But uh, I, I'm, I'm waiting on the word on what our, our couple outfit is going to be on Saturday. It's been a long time since I've done a Halloween party with the wife. It'd be fun. She's a nurse, and I've for years tried to get her in a nurse's uniform. But my idea versus her work uniform were two different things, and she says no. She says no to that. It's fine. Back tomorrow, we are at Piedmontese, the Mercado. Awesome butcher shop. Come see us, North 84th. Me and Jay Moore talk to you at 4.